How is everyone this morning? Okay, good. Good. This is an interesting message today for me. Our spirits are more important than our bodies. Uh, this is uh, one of the main reasons I wanted to do this series, was this topic today, because uh, we see so easily the struggles we have with this uh, physical world as compared to uh, spirit. Um, so let's pray together. Uh, Lord, I, I ask that you would use this time in your word to uh, bring to our minds and to our hearts and to our spirits what you want us to see, what you want us to witness uh, and observe and even experience because there's a point. There's something you want us to, to change. And that's why your word has come forth. Help me to uh, just get out of the way and help us all to learn and to grow through Christ. Amen. You know, we Americans uh, tend to spend a lot of our time and money on our health and our appearance. Uh, we have millions and millions of products and uh, plans so that we can look better and we can get feeling better and uh, we can get you know, somehow stave off the process of aging that creates eye problems, like Steve's having. Poor Steve this morning. It's biopia. It means old eyes. That's what that means. Uh, and I've got the same affliction. Well, anyhow, I don't know if you've ever looked at the numbers of what goes on in this whole industry of, you know, trying to help our beauty, our appearance, our health, our uh, physical well-being. But when you look at the numbers, it's pretty staggering. Um, let me share a couple statistics in no order. It's kind of random. One of the latest reports said that we spend $426 billion a year on cosmetics and cosmetic surgery. That's a lot of money, isn't it? Uh, over 15 million cosmic, uh, cosmetic procedures are performed, um, whopping $12.9 billion spent on that last year. Uh, and you talk about the products you can buy. One paper says that we report, we uh, spent $100 billion on hair care. Why? I don't know. Some people didn't spend any money on that. Again, Steve, case in point. <laughs> we spent $1.4 billion on over-the-counter teeth whiteners. Got to have white teeth. You know, if nothing else happens in your life, at least have white teeth. Um, we spent $2.3 billion on tattoos. Um, now, I've spent none of that money, just in case you're worried that maybe I've got tattoos. I don't. Um, these are pretty big numbers, you know, and you start looking at 426 billion, you think, well, I can't even imagine such a number. So let's break that down a little bit. Somebody did break it down to an individual level. They said that the average woman spends about 13000 on makeup products during her lifetime. $13,000. Does that sound low? Uh -huh. uh, Another study reported the average American spends $1,700 a year on clothing. That sounds a little high to me, a lot more than we normally spend, but maybe somebody spent a lot more. Maybe they're buying a $5,000 dress or something, I don't know. And they all kind of averages out. What about the time that we spend look, making ourselves look good or making ourselves more healthy? Um, <laughs> women, I'm not trying to pick on you, but there's another statistics. Women spend an average of 722 days of their lives 
getting ready to go out somewhere. That's over two years of your life, ladies, you're going to spend just making sure you can go somewhere and look good. And guys are not a lot better. You know, you think about 20 or 30 minutes a day, you add that up for a lifetime of 40 or 50 years, it gets really close to that. Now, I'm not going to even go to another direction, which is how much uh, money that we spend that we don't even have for these things. So we, we buy this stuff on credit, and we can't pay the credit card bill off right away. So, you know, the average American home has about $15,000 of credit card debt. Some of you say, oh, that sounds pretty good. That's better than what we have. Uh, that's sad. That for things that are temporal, things that are physical, we are spending thousands and millions and billions of dollars every year. So before I just bore you with a lot of statistics, I want to just ask you a simple question. What is more important, our bodies or our souls? You know the answer. You know, it's a really simple answer. A child would know that answer. And yet, people are struggling with this. What matters most, the physical bodies that we live in for 75 or 80 years, or maybe a little longer, or the spirits, souls that will go on for eternity? Obviously, it's the souls. You know, our spirits are much more important than our bodies, just as people are more important than possessions, which we said, and grace is more important than our good works. Those are the first two lessons in this series at the end of the day. So the big question for us today to answer is this. How can we devote more of our attention to the things that matter? The things of eternity. That's easy to understand why we invest a lot of time in our physical lives because our physical bodies are our physical bodies. You've got to do that. I mean, you have to feed yourself. You have to clothe yourself. You have to bathe yourself. You have to have some kind of an income so that you can keep a roof over your head and so on. We are attuned to the physical world that we can see and touch rather than a spiritual world that we cannot. And so we have to have water, food, shelter, clothing, all those kinds of things. We live by these physical senses of touch and taste and sight and hearing and smell. And if for some reason we're missing one of these, then we compensate. You know, if somebody's blind, they're amazing how they can live their life. They find out a way to use the other four senses or maybe even get a sixth sense that kind of develop, and they go on. We derive many of our basic pleasures in life from these sensory abilities. That's all well and good. Nobody's denying you that God created you as a physical being in a physical world. The problem comes when we get out of balance and we put too much emphasis on the physical, even to the neglect or to the exclusion of the spiritual. In other words, the eternal. This is where a lot of people you know, are, are caught totally physical, totally into material, and don't even understand that there are spiritual realities that are more important than the physical. The problem comes when we press beyond what we need to what we desire. When we don't stop at you know, just basic things that we need, basic things that God wants us to enjoy, and we start extending, we start overextending ourselves in various directions. When we're not satisfied with having only what we need, and we become infatuated with things that we desire, and then that causes us to you know, start chasing after things that God doesn't want us to have, or maybe beyond the boundaries that he has given for certain things in our lives. And that desire may become so strong that we're willing to do whatever it takes to satisfy that desire. This tells us 
why the average American home has a credit card debt of at least $15,000 because they don't know where to stop. I want to say, I don't need that. I just want that. Some are even willing to hurt or kill someone else to get what they want. And so we've all read about the teenagers killing another teenager for a pair of shoes or for an iPhone or whatever. Well, this thing has gotten out of hand. It's gotten ridiculous. Maybe it's always been that way. That if all you see is the physical parts of life, and that's your dream, that's your goal, that's your priority, then you're going to find yourself chasing the wrong things in life. Now, I've chosen two main passages of Scripture today for us to look at. There could be many more. first passage is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to start opening for that. And then Galatians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5, Galatians 5. And both of them to help us to see how much more important our spirits are than our bodies. So let's go, first of all, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting with the very first verse of that chapter. Now, we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while, uh, for while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Hold on to that thought. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. <clears throat> I want you to go back, if you have your Bible open, and uh, just look at a couple key phrases in there. Verse 1, you might want to underline or note, he says, the earthly tent we live in. Now, our physical body is like a tent, Paul says. Temporary, uh, vulnerable, you know, kind of weak. Not nearly as strong as, you know, a, a solid building built out of stone or wood or whatever. It's a tent. It's just cloth. And it's not going to last very long. But he also says, in the future, we're going to have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven. One day, our tent's going to be replaced with a permanent house. Meanwhile, verse 2, he says, we're groaning. Meanwhile, meanwhile, that's our lifespan. That word meanwhile means your life. Is it 60 years? Is it 90 years? Meanwhile, you groan. You're longing for something permanent. Something because right now we're comparatively naked, Paul says. That's why he says he uses the word naked. He says we're barely clothed. We're wrapped up in a tent after all. And not meant to be permanent. Not meant to be strong. It's fragile, easily broken. It's kind of like when you've gone camping, like I did in Canada in Boy Scouts, and we're in a tent. And so make sure you don't have a scrap of food, even a, a candy bar in your tent, because bears come along at night. And guess what? They sniff that out. And it has no problem getting inside your tent. It doesn't even go to the door. <laughs> it just rips it apart, and you get ripped apart too for the candy bar. So 
this is not a structure to protect you, except maybe from the rain. That's about it. And that's what this tent is. We groan. Our only our heavenly body, our heavenly building is the true clothing that will be given to us by Christ so that we're not left naked before God. Galatians 3.27 says this, doesn't it? It says that as many as have been baptized in Christ have been what? Clothed with Christ. And that's this spiritual, heavenly, permanent body that will be given. We are robed in his righteousness, other scripture says. And verse 4, back at Second Corinthians 5, it says, so that what is mortal, what is temporary, what is dying away, will be swallowed up by life. We've been talking about life, life that is truly life, First Timothy 6. Our present bodies are keeping us away from the physical presence of the Lord. It's a temporary thing, it's not for very long, but for right now we can't be in the presence of the Lord because we're here, and we're away from the Lord, Paul says. And he, Paul says, I long for the day that I will be fully, eternally united with Christ, and don't we long for that day too. And so in the meantime, verse 7, we live by faith, not by sight. We can't see the spiritual, eternal realities that we're speaking of, so we have to walk by faith. Eternal life with Christ is what we long for, what we live for. And then verse 9, he says, so we make it our goal to live for him. Our goal is to please him. No matter what, no matter when, no matter where, this is our goal here on earth, is to live for Jesus Christ. So our topic for today, at the end of the day, our spirits are more important than our bodies, has this first main point that our bodies are temporary, it is our spirits that are eternal. Or to put it another way, we're not home yet. <laughs> we're not home. This isn't home. This isn't our final place. And this is the first reason our spirits are more important than our bodies. Simply compare the mathematical difference between the 80 years or so we live on earth to the eons and eons that we will live in our heavenly bodies. It's no contest. Our earthly tents are only the skin we wear for a few short years. Someday we'll be given a body that will never wear out, a body that will never be injured, a body that will never get sick. And a lot of people will be very glad to hear that because they're sick today. They're in this physical body that is... is corrupted and ill or, or dying, getting old, decrepit and facing more and more pains, and someday that's not going to be true. Uh, when my mother died seven years ago, she was looking forward to that. No more pain, no more of these treatments, no more of this stuff, and, and you've been down that path. A lot of people would be glad to hear this. Think of all the effort that we make to keep our bodies healthy. That won't be required anymore. You know what I thought of? No more skim milk. No more fat-free anything. I'm not going to worry about that. Isn't that going to be a great day? If you have peanut allergies, eat all the nuts you want. You know? Can you imagine that everything is going to change to something different? We live in temporary tents, but we have a permanent home, a building built by God waiting for us, an eternal house in heaven. It's going to take no maintenance, and it will never wear out. Rick Warren put it this way. He says, life on earth is a temporary assignment. To make the best use of your life, you must never forget two truths. First, compared with eternity, life is extremely brief. Okay? Second, earth is only a temporary resident. Okay? 
You won't be here long, so don't get too attached, he says. Ask God to help you see life on earth as he sees it. And so in order to keep from becoming too attached to this earth, God allows us to feel a significant amount of discontent and dissatisfaction in life. Longings that will never be fulfilled on this side of eternity. That's why you're dissatisfied. That's why you don't end the day and you say, I am completely okay with everything. Because this life has dissatisfaction in it. We're not supposed to be satisfied here because it's not home. We were created for something much better. And Warren says, you're not going to be in heaven for two seconds before you start crying out, why did I place so much importance on the things that were so temporary? Why was I so you know, ramped up about things that didn't matter in the long run? What was I thinking? So point one is simply this. Our spirits are vastly more important than our bodies because our spirits are eternal. Our spirits are forever. Point two, what happens spiritually then is more important than what happens physically. Can you imagine how this would revolutionize our lives if we really got a hold of this idea, this reality? Most of us are way too concerned about the physical realm uh, and we, we neglect, we maybe even ignore the spiritual realm. We spend most or all of our time and energy and other resources focusing on our physical needs, physical health, and physical well-being. I get thinking about King Solomon. Here's a guy that had tremendous wealth and tremendous wisdom that God gave him. And so he decides... I have the opportunity, I'm going to do everything man could possibly do, and I'm going to do it to an extreme level. And so anything that's in his heart to do, any desire that man has ever had, Solomon is able to pursue to an extreme level. And so he writes Ecclesiastes, and what does he say? <laughs> Life is empty. Life is meaningless under the sun. You look at life just across here as we know it today. Yeah, there's some joy, there's some fun, there's some happiness, there's some good times in here. But at the end of the day, he says in so many words, it's meaningless, it's chasing after wind. The only good that he sees coming out of that is man's relationship to God, living it toward God. Solomon tried it all and a greater quantity of it all than any of us might imagine. And he concluded it wasn't enough to satisfy the human soul. Consider something else. Now I'm going to get into a little bit of pickiness, maybe. Now you're nitpicking. Consider our prayer requests. Look at our prayer list. Anytime you want to look at our prayer list. It's a Wednesday prayer list, a Sunday morning prayer list, prayer list of your Sunday school class, whatever. The vast majority of those prayers are about what? Somebody's health. Why? Why is that? Because that's our priority. Now, I understand you want somebody to be well. I want to be well. If I get sick, I want to get well. You want your loved one to be well. You want somebody to overcome the injury and be healed of that injury. You don't want anybody to die. All of this. I understand all of that. This is a part of it. But if that is all that we are praying about, all that we are concerned about, there is a problem with that. There is a problem with that. And I don't see in Scripture God is concerned about our health as we are. 
Jesus healed many people, but that was not his main purpose in coming to earth. In the scriptures, I see godly people with great physical problems who take that physical problem in stride if they're in the middle of God's work, in God's will, God's mission. That, that's just kind of immaterial. That doesn't matter. It might, might make a little handicap so they're trying to accomplish something. But their focus, their energy, their, their priority is on God's mission. And what they have to deal with physically is secondary. To them, the spiritual things they're doing are so much more important than the physical health or well-being. And what they're doing for other people spiritually is definitely more important than their appearance. You know, they don't spend two hours or they don't spend a bunch of money you know, making sure they look good or, or that they've been to the gym five times this week or whatever it is that we do. Because that's not the focus. That's not the priority. So point two is simply this. What happens spiritually is much more important than what happens physically. We, we've got to really wrestle with this one. This, this is a tough one. And let me ask you this. Why do you think we even got into this series? Why did we start talking about this? Is this just so that you know more than you did before? Obviously not. The purpose is to change our lives, to change the priorities of our lives. At the end of the day, what matters? Well, if it's at the end of the day that matters, why doesn't it matter today? Why don't we change today so that when we get to the end of the day, we've lived for what God says is important. We've not lived for these physical things that don't matter. We have lived for the spiritual realities that change eternity for someone else. Malcolm Forbes was one of the richest men that ever lived. Christopher Winans wrote in his book, Malcolm Forbes, The Man Who Had Everything, that they went on a motorcycle tour of Egypt in 1984. So they had this motorcycle group uh, called the Capitalist Tool Motorcycle Team, got all of them together on their fancy bikes, and they headed across Egypt, and they started seeing all these beautiful things. And they saw the staggering burial tomb of King Tut. After they left there, it seems... But Malcolm Forbes was in a reflective mood. And as they were returning to the the, uh, hotel in the shuttle bus, he turned to one of his associates and he said, with all sincerity, do you think I'll be remembered after I die? Well, he is remembered. He's remembered as the man who coined the phrase, he who dies with the most toys wins. Because that was the goal of his life. He had the ability to chase him, to, to pursue to buy. That was his ambition. That's why he collected scores of motorcycles. That's why he paid over a million dollars for a Fabergé egg. That's why he owned castles, hot air balloons, countless other toys. The toys that he can no longer touch. Meaningless. The Lord Jesus gave us words of superior wisdom when he said, what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world? Yet he forfeits his soul. He who dies with the most toys wins. Might sound like a worthy goal. And in the case of Forbes, he accomplished it. You can look around and say, I've got more than anybody else. But it wasn't enough when death came. I thought of the old poem by the missionary named C.T. Studd that goes like this. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's lived for Christ or done for Christ will last, you know. I'm not going to read all the stanzas, but the fifth stanza really, really applies today. When this bright world would tempt me sore, when Satan would a victory score, when self would seek to have its way, then help me, Lord, with joy to say, 
Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. We spend way too much of our lives working on things that will not last. They cannot last. So this is, this is where we are, point one and point two. And you see how this is starting to dovetail with the first two messages. They build on each other. The first message, people are more important than possessions. People trump possessions. So focus on the people of your life. Focus on the things. Grace is more important than good works. So let people know about God's grace. You know, just extend yourself. Give of yourself. Uh, forgive. Give freely, generously. And don't worry about getting patted on the back for it. Our spirits are more important than our bodies. Our spirits are eternal. Our bodies are not. And what happens spiritually is much more important than what happens physically. Third point, just kind of Paul throws it out there, walk by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Earlier, uh, this is in, in Galatians 5, we'll turn to it in a moment. But in 2 Corinthians 5, he said, you know, we walk by faith, not by sight. That's walking by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Let's turn to Galatians 5 and read what he says. This is a familiar passage. 5.16 So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. It's a reality. That's it. Conflict. So that you do not do what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. This could be much longer than that. And Paul says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Much longer list there could happen as well. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature, the flesh, with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Let us live by the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Walk and live by the Spirit of God and you will produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Walk or live by the acts of the flesh and you will never inherit the kingdom of God. There's the contrast. And if you live by the acts of the flesh, no, no one that knows you will ever be influenced for Christ by you. So make a choice. Live by the Spirit of God. Live by His wisdom. Live in His strength. Let Him show you the things that are important in your life. Don't neglect your spirit. Don't neglect your soul. It is far more valuable than your physical body. Let me throw a little uh, test for you. Just keep track of how much time you spend on physical compared to how much time you spend on spiritual. You'll wake up pretty fast. How much more time we spend there. What you do to strengthen your faith in a relationship with God is vastly more important than what you do to strengthen your body or any other physical aspect of your life. 
you have physical aspects of your body that you must take care of by necessity. But never forget that what you do spiritual, spiritually is far more important than what you do physically. About a week ago, I started reading the journals of Jim Elliott. Some of you know Jim Elliott as a missionary that was killed in 1955 as he and four friends were trying to reach the Indians in Ecuador. Uh, in this journal, which his uh, widow later put together, uh, you read the daily journal of Jim Elliott from the time he was 20 till about the time he was 28, so about eight years of his life. And you, you start reading this while he's at college at Wheaton, uh, at Wheaton College in Illinois. He's a sophomore. Um, and you think, this guy's 19 or 20 years old. This guy is is light years ahead of many of us spiritually. He's He's got a depth of insight into God and to God's Word that, that is pretty amazing. But he also has a humility about him. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll find himself criticizing other believers, you know, and how they're kind of off base and they're into all this physical stuff. He's like, wait, 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 i got to get this right, God. My attitude is not the right way. It's not me to be critical. I've got enough here, you know, to worry about me. So the, the journals are just amazing to read. And the journals that started... Uh, when he was 20, ended on December 31st, 1955, two days before he and four friends gave their lives in order to save the Aka or Harani Indians in Ecuador. He was 28 years old. They went to that beach along the Karari River in order to make greater contact with Indian leaders. And because of some kind of misunderstanding, the Indians decided to kill them. They savagely attacked them and killed them with their spears. And what they discovered when they came looking for them, the other you know, missionaries and the other Americans, is that they had guns with them that they could have protected themselves. In fact, the, you know, early on they realized that if we carry guns, we have to use them, but if we carry guns, the Indians don't attack people with guns. If we have to, we'll just shoot them off into the air. That, that was kind of the, the game plan. And on that day, the guns were still away from them. They, we didn't have them on them. You know, they just left them in the airplane that they had flown down to that beach with. And they were killed. But behind that, there was a reason that they did that. The reason they didn't protect themselves. And, and I was so impressed by that because Jim Elliott and the others reasoned it this way. They said, you know what? If it comes down to them or us going to die today, it should be us. Because we already have heaven. Because we're already saved, and they're not. And if we die instead of them, the opportunity is still there. That somehow that they would see the love of God in that sacrifice, and they would come to believe in Jesus as we do. And they would come to know eternal life as we already know it. And so they refused to defend themselves. As these five brothers in Christ willingly gave up their earthly lives so that the lost Indians could gain eternity. So, you know, I, I think it's just fair that we need to live our earthly lives with the same goal in mind. So that people around us will get it, will get the love of God, will understand what Jesus has done for us, and they will be attracted to Jesus. You know, the world has a plan for your life. It's a plan that you would spend your life doing things that don't matter. Things that cannot satisfy you. Things uh, that would cause you to miss the most important things of life altogether. That's the plan of the world, or that's the plan of Satan. Its plan is that at the end of the day, you will see your life has been consumed by frivolous things 
They leave you dissatisfied and unfulfilled. Satan's plan is that you would miss God altogether. But the Spirit of God has a much better plan for you and me. The Spirit of God has a holy purpose for our lives. And it is that we would devote our time and our energy and our resources to spiritual things, to eternal things, not just physical things. We've got to get this right. I'm going to have a couple people come up here. Manny, come up here a moment, please. Just come on up here. I'm not going to make you talk or anything, but just come up here. Manny was baptized into Christ, what, about a month ago? I, I, I didn't look up the date. I want, you, I want you to see something. Very, I want you to leave a, an image in your mind. Manny is a new believer in Christ. Okay, he's very excited for God. If you've talked with him, you know that enthusiasm. This is what we're about. Right here. We're not about a fancier building. We're not about a big budget. We're not about... Uh, you know, making our lives healthier and happier for ourselves. This is what we're about right here. Right here. Are you, are you getting that? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You can be seated now, brother. Thank you. Because his life has changed. Ask his wife. He's a different man than he was two months ago. And he will always be that different man. And he's influencing other people because of the difference that happened in his life through Jesus Christ. This is the reason that, you know, this is just a personal example, I go to Thailand every two years. Because I have just a, a short window of two weeks each, each season there to influence about 20 or 25 people from Burma who are going to go back and influence thousands of people in Burma through their medical work and through their preaching and teaching the gospel. And that's you. You go when I go. The whole church is part of that, that in Thailand we're able to make a big influence. And the reason we spend the money for that, the reason we spend, you know, it would be easier for me to stay home. easier for me not to prepare extra lessons or, you know, the orientation stuff we take them through, all of that extra effort. It would be easier not to do that. But that's who we are. That's what we do. That's our priority. Caleb and Monica, come up here a moment. You don't have to say anything today. But come up here a moment. Because I want you to have another final uh, visual image today. Uh, this brother and sister are, Lord willing, heading to Liberia this November. They are selling their house. They're going to pool all their resources together so that they can invest in something eternal in Liberia. They're going to develop a mission there with God's help that will reach hundreds, maybe thousands of people for Christ somehow that don't know Jesus right now. This is what we're about. This is our life as New Hope Christian Church. And if you don't get that, you better get it. <laughs> because that's what we're about. That's what we live for. We don't live for fancy things. We don't live for personal gain. We live for what Jesus Christ can do through us. And this man and woman, our brother and sister in Christ, have learned that. And they're acting on that. Now, I'm not saying everybody in this room needs to sell their house and go to Liberia. But they'd be glad if you did that. You may want to go somewhere else. <laughs> or you may not need to sell your house at all. Maybe what you need to do is downscale. Maybe you need to stop spending so much money on stuff that doesn't matter. 
and find a way to invest your life, your energy, and your time in things that make a difference for eternity. Amen? Okay, you can be seated. Thank you. God bless you. Don't let this go. Don't leave here today and say, I'm going to block that out because I have to change everything if I listen to the preacher. Because if you get this, it is going to change a lot the way you approach life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you have taught us today something that is, uh, that is earth-shaking, if we get it, if we, if we integrate this, this thought, this idea that eternity is so much more than the temporal world that we live in, that our spirits are so much more important than our bodies. Lord, just help us to walk by faith, not by sight. Help us to walk by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Help us, Lord, to see that people are more than possessions and that grace is more than good works. So much to change in our lives if we get it. Help us. Strengthen us. Guide us. Help us to make those little decisions that will reflect this big idea that you've given us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our uh, song that we're going to sing together is simply, Give Me Faith. And uh, let's, let's uh, pray, even as we're singing. Would you stand with us, please, as we sing?